0: morning. Welcome to Church of the Palms. I'm Geneviève Beauchamp. I'm the music director on the other side of the campus. And <laughs> good to see you. Uh, we begin today with announcements for the student ministry. So we invite the students to come and worship under the stars tonight at 8 p.m. in the courtyard. And it will be an intimate worship experience as they The kids will gather in the courtyard for a special time of worship and prayer activities. And the best part is they'll be joined by Rice and I, who will be bringing coffee and ice cream sandwiches. 8 p.m. That's great. (laughs) The students are invited to bring their own blankets and their chairs to enjoy the evening. Please note next week there will be no Impact Kids on July 4th. And speaking of July 4th, we invite you to wear your best red, white, and blue outfits so that we can have a little fellowship celebration under the tree following the service. So, um, and as we... Uh, talk about her uh, beautiful fellowship here. We get to add two new members to our great church family. And we have Doug Souls and actually Ron Bovin, who's here in the sound booth. Doug worships with us here at 11 a.m., and Ron is already serving the Lord with his gifts in the sound booth. So please welcome them officially with a round of applause. Thank you so much for your service already. And we now take this time to greet each other, offering the peace of Christ with one another. Peace be with you all.
1: all right good morning everyone let's join together in uh worship okay Speed for me, the world behind. turning back. Place a of high. It's not for me. It's all for you. Let the heavens shake. Let the sky let the people clap. Hands and cry. It's not for us. It's all for you. Not to us, but to your name, be the glory. Not to us, but to your name, be the glory. Those who know, it's not for us. It's all for you. Send Your holy fire on this offering that I worship for the world to see. It's not for us. It's all for you, for you. Not too far your name, be the glory Not to us, but to your name, be the glory The earth is shaking, the mountains shouting It's all for you The waves are crashing, the sun is raging It's all for you The universe is spinning and singing, it's all for you. children dancing, 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 it's all for you, not all for you. Your name be holy, not to us, but to your name be holy, not to us, but to your name be holy, not to us, but to your name be holy. It's A storm I am holding on love. love like this For oh my God to find I am holding on What a joy he finds Love like this It's a heart song I, I am holding on to Holding on to you in the middle of the storm I'm holding on, I am Holding on to you, I am Holding on to you in the middle of the storm I'm holding on, I am This is my resurrection song this is my hallelujah call. This is my, it's to you I run. This is my resurrection song. This is my hallelujah call. This is why it's to you I run. There's no space that is His love can't reach There's no place where we can't find peace There's no end to amazing grace I am holding on to you I am holding on to you In the middle of the storm I'm holding on, I am Holding on to you I am Holding on to you In the middle of the storm I'm holding on, I am By none, God of wonders beyond our galaxy, you are holy, holy. The universe declares your majesty, you are holy. You are holy, holy, precious Lord, your heart to me, Father, holy, holy, in the universe declares your majesty, You are holy, holy. Holy, holy, hallelujah to Lord of heaven and earth, hallelujah to Lord of heaven and earth, hallelujah to Lord of heaven and earth, hallelujah to Lord of heaven.
2: Good morning. So happy to be here with you all. My name is Sarah. I have the pleasure of serving on staff here at Church of the Palms, and I have two people helping run mics here this morning. You girls want to introduce yourself?
0: Hi, my name's Olivia Mason, and I'm going into my freshman year at FSU. My name's Jaden, and I'm going into my senior year at Venice High.
2: So now is the time in the service where we have the opportunity to pray for and with one another, for our church, for our community, for our world. What might we pray for this morning, friends? What's on your heart?
3: I'd like to wish a spe- speedy <laughs> recovery to our dear friend, Reverend Alan Radha, who's mm. in the hospital right now. Yes. So bless him and hope he's
2: yes, home for, soon. For Pastor Alan, who I think is home today and Good. recovering, but um, yes, certainly we've been praying in constant prayer for our brother, Alan Radha. What else might we pray for, friends? Just like to say a prayer for the victims of that surfside building collapse and their families. It's so scary, uh, so much waiting.: Yeah, Thank you. Yeah I mean, these things happen, and it's so hard to even wrap our, our heads around to find the right words. Luckily, God knows them all. Um, so anything else we might pray for this, this morning? I would just like to lift up our worship night this evening for our middle and high school students, just that it it be a comfortable space for students to um, break down those walls and just uh, experience the living God. Thank you, Connor. Yes, for our worship night tonight for our middle and high school students. What else?
1: Uh, I was hoping you guys could pray for my Aunt uh, Maria. She's diagnosed with cancer. She's had it for a little bit, and she's not doing so well. So she's from Buffalo, New York, and we visit her every so often.
2: For your Aunt Maria, and for all those who are suffering from cancer, and those who are uh, fighting cancer, and those who love them, what else can we pray for?
3: I have a friend of mine named Don that is going through a heart procedure on Tuesday.
2: For Don on Tuesday. Okay. Thank you. All right, friends, let us pray. Almighty and merciful God, we lift these prayers up to you, Father, that you might bring comfort to those who are worried and waiting, that you might bring healing to those who are in pain and suffering. We ask, Father, that you would be particularly with the people in Surfside, Florida, those who are waiting for loved ones, waiting for answers, that they might all feel your presence close to them and be assured that you are with them wherever they are and with those they love. We lift up to you all those who are sick and fighting disease, who face procedures, that they would feel again your presence and your love your encompassing love and the love of this community God that they would know that we are praying for them this morning we raise all this up to you and know that you hear our prayers even before they're spoken and we ask all of this in your precious son Jesus name Amen let us continue our worship good morning
3: my name is Lori. I'm one of the pastors here and we are back to, like, worshiping full on, and so I miss the greeting, and I see people that I haven't seen in a while, so, oh my gosh. So I'm going to just take a pause, you guys talk amongst, you. no, I'm just kidding, we'll, we'll do this, and then I will we'll hopefully catch up with you afterwards. So we are doing our summer series on Windows of the Word. We are taking a look at the eight stained glass windows in the chapel, and we invite you to take a stroll through that space. It is beautifully renovated and was just rededicated last week. Today's mosaic shows Jesus praying in the Garden of Gethsemane on the eve of his arrest. The angel who tends to Jesus and gives him strength is still holding the cup of suffering that Jesus is asking God to remove, if possible you can also see the three disciples who are in the garden with Jesus. They're actually named in Matthew and Mark as Peter, James, and John. In the top of the window, you can see, of course, the praying hands. Our first lesson comes to us from Psalm 130. I like the way Eugene Peterson renders it in the message. Hear now the word of God. Help, God. I've hit rock bottom. Master, hear my cry. Listen hard. Open your ears. Listen to my cries for mercy. If you, God, kept records on wrongdoings, who would stand a chance? As it turns out, forgiveness is your habit, and that's why you're worshipped. I pray to God, my life a prayer, and I wait for what he'll say and do. Waiting, My life's on the line before God, my Lord, waiting and watching till morning, waiting and watching till morning. O oh, Israel, wait and watch for God. With God's arrival comes love. With God's arrival comes generous redemption. No doubt about it. He'll redeem Israel, buy back Israel from captivity to sin. The Gospel reading is from Luke 22, verses 39 through 46. Jesus came out and went, as was his custom, to the Mount of Olives, and the disciples followed him. When he reached the place, he said to them, Pray that you may not come into the time of trial. Then Jesus withdrew from them about a stone's throw, knelt down, and prayed, Father, if you are willing Remove this cup from me, yet not my will, but yours be done. Then an angel from heaven appeared to him and gave him strength. In his anguish, Jesus prayed more earnestly, and his sweat became like great drops of blood falling on the ground. When Jesus got up from prayer, he came to the disciples and found them sleeping because of their grief. And Jesus said to them, Why are you sleeping? Get up and pray that you may not come into the time of trial. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Wake us up, O Lord, that from the word just read and the words to come, we might hear a message from you that is nourishment for our soul. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Have you read the book or seen the movie The Secret Garden? The protagonist is a young girl named Mary who became an orphan at 10 years old and was sent to live with a distant relative in England. Mary discovers a secret garden that has been closed off and locked up for a decade ever since the mistress of the house had fallen from a rose trellis and died. Mary also discovers a sickly 10-year-old boy named Colin who has been locked away in a room for his entire life. The master of the house could not bear to see his son after his wife. The love of his life had died so suddenly. Both Mary and Colin had similar childhoods. They had been ignored, disregarded, and even neglected by their parents. They were looked after by the servants who had been instructed to obey and satisfy their every whim. As you might imagine, both children were spoiled, sullen, and quite closed off as neither had been loved nor truly cared for. They are also bitter and selfish because they are so lonely and utterly without friendship. Friendship is so important in life. Sociologist Will Sampson wrote that all people have seven core values or seven core desires. As you listen to this list, think about which desires could be satisfied by a good friend. Here's the list. All people have a need to be safe, to be seen, to be heard, to contribute, to matter, to be loved and to belong. Well, a good friend can create a safe space for us. A good friend will see and hear us and help us to feel like we matter, we are loved, and that we belong. My goodness, friendship can satisfy six of the seven core desires that we have as humans. This goes all the way back to the original Garden of Eden, right? In the Inclusive Bible, which tries to provide more gender-balanced ways of speaking, we read in the second creation story found in Genesis 2. So Yahweh, the Hebrew name for God without saying God, Yahweh fashioned an earth creature out of the clay of the earth and blew into its nostrils the breath of life. And the earth creature became a living being. In verse 8, the next thing God does is to plant a garden. God plants every kind of plant and tree and then adds some rivers to nourish the land. God places the human in the garden to care for the land and says, it is not good for this earth creature to be alone. I will make a fitting companion for it. So God gets to work and he makes the various wild beasts of the land and all the birds of the air And then has the earth creature named them all. But none proved to be a fitting companion, not even a dog. Sorry about that. So God made another human being. That must be why Jesus brought his friends with him to the garden. It is a secret of the garden that I had missed in previous readings of Jesus' time in the garden of Gethsemane. Did you notice that these friends are not perfect? There are lots of stories throughout the gospel where the closest friends of Jesus make mistakes and get it all wrong. Yet Jesus continues to demonstrate and model for us forgiveness, patience, and acceptance. Jesus is even gentle with them when he finds them sleeping. Luke explains that they're sleeping because of their grief. Even with their imperfections, Jesus still wants his closest friends with him as he is dealing with one of the most difficult nights of his life. So Jesus asks them just one thing, just one thing to pray. What do you do when life seems too hard? and your burden is just too heavy to bear. I wonder if you too gather close friends. I wonder if you pray. Some call this time the dark night of the soul. The phrase was first conceived by the Spanish mystic John of the Cross in the 16th century, and it was the anguish of feeling as though one's soul was separated from God. Today, this phrase is often used informally to describe an extremely difficult and painful period in one's life. For example, after the death of a loved one, the breakup of a marriage, or the diagnosis of a life-threatening illness. For many of us, the loneliness, isolation, and fear associated with the pandemic was indeed a dark night of the soul. In the dark night, we experience a collapse of perceived meaning in life. Everything seems without purpose, and we can't see where we belong Often there are intense feelings of sadness, frustration, and hopelessness. I've certainly experienced this. Have you? In his book, Dark Nights of the Soul, the psychotherapist and former Catholic monk Thomas Moore writes that survivors of the dark night come to realize that life is never as bright and successful and meaningful as you might imagine. And yet, these survivors have found, or rather, created new meaning in their lives. For example, at the age of 36, the pianist Leon Fleischer suffered a mysterious neurological affliction that essentially crippled his right hand and nearly ended his career. None of the treatments he received helped, and Fleischer fell into a two-year period of despair to the point of considering suicide. But then, an epiphany. As Fleischer put it, I suddenly came to the realization that my connection with music was greater than just as a two-handed piano player. Fleischer essentially reinvented himself becoming a teacher, a conductor, and a performer of the left-handed repertoire for piano. Thomas More wrote, it was the expansion of his musical vision that saved him. That kind of creative imagining with God is what prayer can look like for us. So what do we do when the darkness is beginning to descend upon us? Well, to start, I wonder if we can make room for suffering in our own personal worldview. The psalmists teach us that to be human is to be in trouble. In his book, Along Obedience in the Same Direction, Eugene Peterson writes, Animals can be hurt, but they do not suffer. The earth can be ravaged, yet it cannot suffer Only human creatures in creation actually suffer. For suffering is physical or emotional pain, plus the awareness that our own worth as people is threatened, that our own value as creatures made in the dignity of God is called into question, that our own destiny as eternal souls is in jeopardy. Friends, suffering is part of the human experience. This reminds me of a lovely poem written by Nick Askew called We Are Fragile Together. And it goes like this. We are fragile, you and me, though we act strong. Our lives are held together with thoughts of where we might be tomorrow and of disappointed yesterdays. At any moment, we might shatter. We might fall to our knees, weighed down by the terror of being so far from our own control. Dare we look up, we'd not know where to go or what to do. We are fragile, you and me. If we were to turn to each other, we might see the whole world on their knees, hurting and seemingly alone. But none of us are. We are fragile together. This poem brings to mind the condominium in Surfside, Florida, that collapsed earlier this week. We've seen rabbis, pastors, political figures, first responders, family members, and friends with no prior connections who are now waiting, fragile together fearing the worst, clinging to hope. Psalm 130 teaches us that humans have always been fragile, that suffering is real, and that God is real. Neither prophets nor psalmists offer quick cures for the suffering. We don't find any of them telling us to go on vacation or to take up a new hobby. Rather, the suffering is held up. It is proclaimed And prayed. In Psalm 130, we read, I pray to God, my life a prayer, and I wait for what He'll say and do. And isn't that just what Jesus did? Jesus teaches us not only how to pray in the garden when in agony, but also. How to be a person of prayer throughout his whole life luke shows us how jesus is both a man of prayer and a teacher of prayer jesus prayed regularly sometimes all night and especially at significant times in his life like baptism like choosing the twelve and at the transfiguration which by the way was the event where the deity of jesus was revealed to peter james and john And now we have the humanity of Jesus being revealed to those same three disciples in the garden. Jesus' regular practice of prayer is a theme of Luke's gospel. There is a saying, the extraordinary comes from the ordinary. When Jesus prayed regularly during ordinary times, he experienced extraordinary power in his time of need. Something the disciples are still needing to learn. Perhaps it's something we are needing to learn as well. Another secret of the garden. In the 1500s, reformer Martin Luther encouraged us to have prayers that are brief, frequent, and intense. From baptism to death, a lifetime of prayer can be a source of strength, especially on those dark occasions when we are having a hard time breathing and we're trying to seek God's will. Jesus had one large advantage over us, being God's son and having a great relationship with God. Jesus knows exactly who God is We're more like the four blind men in that old Indian tale who discover the elephant for the first time. They groped about, seeking to understand and describe this new phenomenon. One grabs the trunk and concludes it's a giant snake. Another explores one of the elephant's legs and describes it as a tree. A third finds the elephant's tail and announces that it's a rope. And the fourth blind man, after discovering the elephant's side, concludes that it is, after all, a wall. Which one is right? Each, in his blindness, is describing the same thing, an elephant. Therefore, all are right, but none completely. Each of the four blind men in the parable touch a part of the elephant, Just as four people of faith are in touch with different aspects of God, all know the truth about the reality they touch, but none completely. I like what Henry Nouwen writes about the four truths about God, realizing that though these things may be true, none are fully so. First truth, Emmanuel God is with us, living in solidarity with us, sharing our joys and pains to defend and protect us and to suffer all of life with us. God with us is a close God, a God whom we call our refuge, our stronghold, our wisdom, and even more intimately, our helper, our shepherd, our love. Second truth God, Abba, is personal. God is tender, merciful, forgiving, kind, and gentle. Abba implies an embracing and nurturing love that comes to us from our fathers, mothers, sisters, brothers, spouses, friends, and lovers. Third truth, God is hidden as well as being able to be found, absent as well as present. The fullness of God cannot be limited by any human concept or prediction. God is greater than our mind and heart and perfectly free to be revealed where and when God chooses. Fourth truth, God is looking for us. We do not find God, but God finds us. The questions we might ask are, how am I to let myself be found by God? How am I to let myself be known and loved by God? Just hearing those four truths, is this a God you can trust? Jesus prays with complete transparency and in complete obedience to a God he knows and trusts. Do we trust God enough to bring our friends with us to the garden and to authentically, authentically reveal our heart's deepest desire as we pray? In our dark seasons, do we trust God enough to wonder what God might be up to or what God may be making room for in our lives? Do we trust God? that God gives us the tools to survive our dark nights of the soul and to create new meaning in our lives. You know, God gives us the Holy Spirit, God gives us friends, and God gives us gardens. The great neurologist Oliver Sacks wrote, as a writer, I find gardens essential to the creative process. As a physician, I take my patience to the gardens whenever possible. All of us have had the experience of wandering through a lush garden or a timeless desert, walking by a river or an ocean or climbing a mountain and finding ourselves simultaneously calmed and reinvigorated, engaged in mind, refreshed in body and spirit. The importance of these physiological states on individual and community health is fundamental and wide-ranging. In 40 years of medical practice, Dr. Sachs found only two types of non-pharmaceutical therapy to be vitally important for patients with chronic neurological diseases, music and gardens. Just as the secret garden is awakened and brought to life, so too are the children, Mary and Colin. The moment the kids begin to attach to one another in friendship, as they spend time in God's creation caring for the garden, they become kinder and more sympathetic, and they too are coaxed back to life with a friend and a prayer, may the same be true for you and for me. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, we are grateful for the God that you are. We are grateful, Lord, for your love, for your presence in our lives, even in some moments when we don't feel you. Help us, Lord to trust you. Help us, Lord, to give our lives to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Friends, this week, as we cultivate our gardens and our prayer life and our friendships, may the beauty of God be reflected in your eyes, the love of God reflected in your hands, the wisdom of God reflected in your words, and the knowledge of God flow through your hearts so that all might see and believe. And all God's children said, Amen.